Hello, beautiful people. I'm Haley Helveston. Welcome back to your Guide to Love podcast. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Rachel Elnani here, and she's a health and wellness coach who gets her clients fully functioning. Welcome. Thank you. So happy to be here with you. Yes, I'm so excited to have you too. I just love your energy. So go into more about what you're doing. So I started out as a personal trainer when I was in high school, and it's really morphed into helping people see their entire health journey, not just building muscles or exercising and burning calories, but more of everyday living, all the things that we need to be paying attention to every single day. Mm. And as we get older, you know that those become more and more prevalent and more important, right? We become so much more aware of all the little minute things that are going on in our life. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It seems like when we have our health, we take it for granted. We do. We completely do. And then all of a sudden it goes, poof, gone. And we're like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. I was just 18. What happened? <laughs> mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I saw your one post about poop, and I like that you talk about everything. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of my gig. Is and I I didn't intend it to be that, but uh, what was happening is my clientele ended up talking about sex and poop all the time, and so people would be like, "Hey, Rachel, what do you actually do?" And I'm like, "I talk about sex and poop." And they're like, wait, what? And I'm like, I know that's crazy, right? But when you really look at it, those are two of the things that kind of run our lives as adults. So yeah, I spend, I spend a lot of time kind of just like deep diving into those. Mm. <laughs> it's fun. fun so fun. go into that though. Is that in terms of the fact that what? They can't poop? They want to poop? They're not having sex. They want to have sex like that. <laughs> exactly. So um, I'm not sure where you are on the spectrum of life, married or relationship or whatever, but I have been through kind of a gamut of relationship things and um, health issues. And so when it comes down to poop specifically, I have found that most people um, aren't pooping in a healthy way. If that's understandable, there are, I guess, rules of pooping. There shouldn't be, but there definitely are that most people just don't poop appropriately and not like all pretty sitting on the toilet, but what is coming out in the bowl is not what should be coming out in the bowl. And that's a, a couple of things go into that more than a couple, lots of things, but I've kind of narrowed it down to two. It is mental stability and, you know, what's going on with our gut. And that has to do a lot with the mental stability and um, environmental, including what we're eating and drinking. So. Oh, wow. So do you think, um, is that because people are so stressed out that it affects their, yeah, is stress the main factor? Um, not always. I mean, stress can be this underlying thing, but a lot of times it's worry and fear. Um, I have several, this seems to be more prevalent in women, mm -hmm. but I have plenty of men clients that 
face the same thing. They just never say anything about it, right? Men are supposed to poop and poop good. And, but women as a society, we've really, along with everything else we've done to women, right? We've said women can't fart and women can't even like, we can't even be messy in any sort of way. And so it's turned into this little women poop. Well, of course we do. We detox our bodies. We have to do that, right? That's a function of life. So um, we've internalized that as women. And, you know, along the sex thing, it, it gets coupled in, right? These are the things that women are like, no, we're not allowed to do those things. You're not allowed to enjoy sex. What? What? How dare you? You're not allowed to poop. That makes you unsexy. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my god yes that's why I love doing this video and <laughs> that is so true <laughs> yeah so a big part of my job is really just like talking through what's been going on in our heads because of what's going on in our society and even though it's not like a huge I mean it's not as big of a deal I feel like as it was you know 50 years ago we're not living in that time but it's been definitely passed down. It's like our moms taught us that those things aren't okay. And even by omission, kind of. My mom never said anything to me about sex or poop specifically. Those were like off limits things. I said turd one time and my mom stuck a bar of soap in my mouth. I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> turd is like, I could have said some other words, right? <laughs> so anyway, I just, really want to get down to the nitty gritty with my clients. And there's a whole host of reasons why women specifically aren't pooping, but it really does usually come down to fear and the worry. Like I, I can't do that. My husband won't see me as sexy or my boyfriend or whoever. And men, when it comes to men, they usually just are eating the wrong diet and not getting enough water. But for the most part, they don't. They're like, whatever, I poop like a bear. But women are really, really scared to show themselves that way. And it's something that I don't think, I make fun of it and show pictures of myself sitting on a toilet, but I'm never going to show you the gross end of it, right? I'm mm -hmm. never going to take a picture of the bowl because we don't need to talk about that. We need to talk about what's going on, why you're not pooping. I don't care about everything else after that. It's why are you not getting there? Because if we can get to that, then we can make sure that what's coming into the bowl actually is what should be happening. Mm, definitely. Yeah, that's how I feel about why people aren't having sex. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that you is gotta good. get to the root of it. Yes. And that is so interesting that you said that, though, because I think that these, it's, I love how we're talking about both these topics because they, it seems like they're not related, but they really are. They you know? totally are. <laughs> that's an episode a while back on sex and food, and it went together. And so now we're sex and poop. I love it. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when you said your mom didn't really teach you about sexuality, that's something that I've, you know, really noticed with people. It's what were you taught about sex? Not really anything. Oh, okay. Well, now don't you get why your sex life isn't where you want it to be? Because you're not talking about it. Because then they're not talking about it with their partner. So then from what you're saying is, is that, okay, so they're not talking about their sex life. Then they might have issues with their poop and they're not talking about that. Right, exactly. And that's why I focus on eight areas of health. And I have found every area 
is really based on the conditioning of your childhood. You know, there's some people that have stepped out of that, but that's more of like between one and 5% of people that have gone, I'm not living in my childhood anymore. I am a grown adult and I'm going to make my own decisions. That is a very small percentage of people that have decided to actually educate themselves and move out of that. The vast majority of the population is just like, well, my mom didn't do that, so I'm not going to do it. Or it's not even a thought. It's just, it's in you. It's part of your DNA, literally, because that's how you were conditioned as a child. And well, my mom and dad didn't have sex on Saturday night, so I can't have sex on Saturday night. Like, ugh. <laughs> mm, but really, those kind of things. Ah, wow, that is so interesting. Yes, that is such a good point because I think that if people never get out of that, then we're going to keep creating generations where people. Because I've noticed that anxiety is so high in our society, and that could be part of it that people aren't talking about it. Is that what you think? Mm -hmm. Completely. I think again, it's one of those things where. We all live in this sphere of showing our true selves, right? Mm -hmm. We all mm. like to show the beautiful part of us on the phone, <laughs> right? Instagram and Facebook are full of, look what I did and look how pretty I was and look how amazing this experience was for me. You should praise me about it. But what we're not showing is the ugly parts. And that's really why I decided to move my business online. I've been brick and mortar for so many years. And I've gone online and kind of in a bold way, people were like, you're sitting on a toilet. Who does that? Why? Why are you talking about these things? Stop. We don't need to know all these details. And if I could show you the personal messages that I get from doing those posts that people don't, they don't message on my posts. Of course not, because they don't want people to see mm -hmm. the second I say something that's in their head and in their heart and they're thinking about all the time, sex and poop being two of the main things. It's like, <gasps> she gets me. Yep. She knows how to help me. And that's, that's really what we're about, right? As coaches, we want, we want to hit that one person or 10 people that need our specific help because they don't know what to do otherwise. Mm, yes. I love that. Yeah. I get messages like that too. And I think that it's like if we don't speak about that, we're just going to keep creating a society that has all these issues, which they're unnecessary. We don't have to live with that. We don't have to live that way. And, you know, I have three children and you don't realize how impactful your own life is until you're raising children and they do something and you're like, why would you do that? <laughs> And it's almost like derogatory and you realize that they're looking at you like, well, mom, that's what you do. Mm. They watch and listen to every single part of your life. So don't think that they don't figure out things about your sex life or figure out that you're eating jelly beans in your closet at midnight or whatever it may be, right? Mm -hmm. My children, and I've made this very public online already, is they're standing there watching me poop. Like, it's a thing. I talk about poop freely. My kids know every single day. I'm like, did you poop today? How big was it? What color was it? Because that needs to be norm. It doesn't have to be norm. You don't have to announce it to the world, but it, you need to know that it's okay. You need to know that these functions are not a bad thing that you're going through. These, you have a body and your body functions like this and detoxing 
is the number one thing that you should be doing, if nothing else, right? Right below breathing, you have to breathe. You'll die without breathing, but. Mm, yeah, definitely. And, okay, so how old are your kids? So my kids, I have a boy that's 14, a girl that's 10, which should be 11 in a couple weeks, and a boy that's seven. Okay, so for your kids, since you talk to them openly about poop, same thing with sex? Yeah, so I started talking to my oldest about sex when he was seven. We, uh, we, mm, my, um, their father was, didn't want to be part of that. He was definitely raised by even a 40s mom and dad. He was way older parents. And so he was very standoffish about having the topic. And I was like, there's no way, there's no way. I am going to be very open with my kids because my parents weren't like, it was, it wasn't even like not talked about. It was taboo. You were going mm -hmm. to be punished if you brought up those words in this house. So I knew from very early on, this was not going to be how I raised my kids. I am very open. Um, my, I have a sister who is gay. And so uh, we started talking about different relationships and how that works because you know, if you're raised in a family that has a mom and a dad, you know, traditional gender roles, you don't know about other options either. And you don't, you don't know how it's, so my kids have always had farm animals of some sort. And I started very young, like, well, to have a baby, you do have to have a mom and a dad, no matter what that looks like in society. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's only one way to make a baby, right? It does come from sperm and egg. So I was teaching them at a young age using animals, not for a visual, but just you have to have one sex and the other to have a family type of thing. Um, and that, that just morphed into teaching about children and how they come about in the process. And, and then when my son was eight, it was more like, yeah, this is, this is kind of what the dirty is. And, you know, when you teach them around that age, and I would suggest even earlier than eight. Mm -hmm. um, they, they get it and they don't think it's so gross. I feel like you have this window of time to tell them exactly what's going on, you know, cause they, they get it. They walk in your bedroom. If you're married or have a relationship where you're living with someone and you have children, you know, sometimes you're half naked or naked or my oldest walked in on the act of sex one time. And so you really just have to be like, this, this is what moms and dads do. You know, it's an elective thing that you do as an adult. Um, you need to be educated about it before you kind of dive right in. But yeah, just, I think that creates um, too much curiosity when you're not educated enough. And that was definitely the case with me when I was a teenager. It was just like, well, no one's talking about it. My friends are talking about it. So I'm going to do what my friends are doing. My parents say it's taboo. Well, when you're a teenager, you want to do exactly opposite of what your parents are saying. Mm -hmm. anyway. So that just, it drives them toward wanting to have sex as a teenager. So just, you know, there's smart ways to go about it. And I don't think as, um, as an older generation, our parents did not. I'm almost 40. So parents of that age that are around 60 to 70. Yeah, I completely agree with you about that. And I think that that's why we have so much. Like I interviewed a woman on my podcast and she was talking about how she was raped. And I was mm. like, did your parents talk about sex with you? No. 
it's like we've got to get over that because I think that is so, so great how you talk to your kids about that. I don't have kids right now, but I'm going to with my kids one day because when you get rid of that, then it's like, you know, it's, it's just yeah. this normal thing we do as humans. Well, and that's the thing. And then it creates other issues, right? Like think about why we end up, I mean, I'm not saying that woman put herself in a situation to be raped, but um, I am also a rape victim and I can see how my choices put me in that situation. Mm -hmm. But I didn't, I was just floundering for love and attention and, but this person is nice to me. Well, they had an ulterior motive for being nice to me, right? And then it puts you in this situation where it wasn't like, I didn't know this person and it was in the middle of an alleyway. It was, I knew this person somewhat and I trusted them, I thought, and they took advantage of me. And I didn't even realize that was actual rape until I was in my 30s. And that had been 15 years prior. So it was like, wow, wow. Those are the kind of things that if nothing else, we need to be teaching our children is, first of all, for boys, it's not okay for you to force yourself on a woman just because Mm -hmm. she's a girl and you're a boy and you're stronger or whatever. And that's your desire or And for girls, you need to have hard, fast boundaries. I think boundaries are a huge part of sex. You Mm. need to know what you're okay with and what you're not okay with. You don't have to know the every in and out of your sexuality when you get started, but you do need to know where you stand and what you're comfortable with. And I feel like more than anything, that is what we need to be teaching our younger generation, at least. Mm, Yes, yes, yes. I so agree with you on that because I look back and obviously I guess this is what I'm doing and doing <laughs> is because, yeah, I'm kind of the same way with you. I look back at me and like, I'm like, mm, little 19 and 21 year old Hangley, you're, you did not know it all. <laughs> Girlfriend. <laughs> no, I think a lot of us look back at that age and just go, wow, I thought I had it so figured out. And then I was, I was crazy. What? <laughs> you look at the teenagers now. I mean, I personally have that teenager and I'm thinking at 14, man, I was doing so many things like a grown up, way more than my child is, but and he thinks I'm like hindering him and <laughs> you don't help me with anything, you know, the normal teenage verbiage. I'm like, "Holy Hannah, if you knew what the world is going to dish you up, <laughs> you got to be prepared." Yeah, we just don't, we need to be guarding them almost like warriors of old, right? If you grew up in a tribe, like if you were an American Indian or an Indian, let's say, it doesn't matter what kind of tribe, but they, they start teaching them to be warriors at such a young age. You pick up that bow, you pick up that stick or that sword or whatever, no matter what the culture, you learn how to defend yourself. And I feel like that's exactly what boundaries are. It's your defense mechanism, not in a bad way, but in a good way. Like, this is my brick wall. My moat is on the outside. If you get to that, we're going to see if you have the password to get in the gate. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I wish we did do in our society a rite of passage to sex. I've read about other cultures that do that, and the dad will sit with the son, and the mom will sit with the daughter, and that's so empowering. Um, because, you know, I've had a lot of women tell me they go into their first time being so afraid. 
Yeah. I hear that a ton. Um, I live in Utah and this is predominantly a Mormon community and the Mormon religion teaches absolutely no sexual interaction. I mean, there can be kissing, but there's a heavy petting clause, right? Like Mm -hmm. once you start touching body parts, that's a no, no, right? Like you can kiss. Um, before marriage, none of that before marriage. And so it, it hinders your education on the subject. And I feel like it is really dampering us as a society, at least here locally. And I think this is kind of a cultural and religious thing kind of worldwide. This is a big, this is a big thing. And, um, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be just like open and closed book because the way that they teach it is nothing, nothing, nothing until you get married. And as long as you're over 18, you can get married and then everything goes. And you're like, wait a second. You said no. And literally I just said I do. And now it's all yes. It, think about that in terms of your mental state. Like that it's not like you're sitting at a red light and oh it's green now i can go i'm just going to cross the street this is a huge part of your life you are a sexual being your energy was built to procreate you have procreation power inside of you and so when you're given that power without education i mean what's that um spider-man saying like with um, great power comes great responsibility. Ah, this yes. is exactly what I'm talking about. Like you have huge power within you. And that's why we have the teenage pregnancies and things. And I'm not and saying those culture. are all bad. Yes. Oh gosh, everything. And you know, I think that's a big reason why there's rape, not to say it's for everything. I'm a victim of that. And I know that there are all different circumstances and I'm not saying we bring it on ourselves, but these boys are not taught anything either. And I'm not saying it's always boys, but I just want to make sure that politically (laughs) I'm saying, um, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm saying this as a culture, we need to teach boys and girls. This isn't a girl thing. This is a society thing. And boys need to know where their boundaries are and girls need to know where their boundaries are and how that comes together. Because as you know, sex can be a beautiful thing just like anything else in life, but it's not like you would go hike the Grand Canyon without being prepared. You know that you're going to need a sufficient amount of water and the right kind of clothing because it's hot on the top and cold on the bottom. And you need to know that you may get trapped down there and what kind of animals you may encounter or the water levels of the river at the bottom. And just, you need to know the ins and outs. Why wouldn't you need to know that with sex? Sex is something you may do daily for the rest of your life. It's that's a possibility, right? Why wouldn't you want to know every aspect possible? Even if you don't choose to partake of every aspect, you at least should know and be educated in some form of every aspect of it. Mm. I so agree with you about that. And you, you bring up such a great point about the boys because I have a lot of guy friends and I'm an open book with them. So we're always talking about this. And I want them to have fulfilling relationships, but we have a society of porn addicts, you know, of uh, these kids are addicted to porn. It like a guy told, I interviewed a guy recently on a podcast and he said, since I think he's 28 now, 
but it's been for like 12 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm just, it's like, man, think about if he had been talking about it, he, it wouldn't be as bad as it is now, you know? Yeah. Porn addiction is such a hard thing. I've, um, I've dealt with it in my life, not my personal, but people in my life and um, with clients as well. It really warps your brain because Mm -hmm. you are interacting virtually, right? And now you expect with any physical sexual activity that you have that that person is going to be exactly like your encounters virtually. And you expect so much more of them. And their imperfections are so much more literally in your face. And there's a lot of disappointment and a lot of erectile dysfunction because of it. I mean, literally penises are not working anymore because of porn addiction. Literally. Yeah, it's It's a real thing. I'm like, how is that even possible? This is, and it's from my perspective, you know, I teach help and if, if you can't get an erection, if you're a man, um, that's a big sign of health. But you have to look not just physically, but mentally as well. I mean, think about sex. And I'm sure you teach your clients this. A very large percentage of sex and having an actual orgasm is right here in your head. It's right here. If you are clogged up in the brain, thinking, overthinking, underthinking, whatever and not being in the moment and being able to enjoy and letting go and being part of this journey and process dude you are not going to achieve the ultimate desire out of this act right and we're there we're there with porn like seriously Mm. let go of it it's it's not real and um society religion norms they've they've told boys specifically there's a lot of girl porn issues that are going on too but largely it's the boys um that sex can't be talked about again Mm -hmm. like we're taught at a young age like don't talk about it don't do it you know don't touch yourself you know be try being a boy I'm not a boy but I can't even imagine having something hanging down that always wants to be straight up and you're like (laughs) Uh, you, what does this do? This is cool. This feels good. La la la. <laughs> and you're not able to experience that and you want to experience it. And so you are going to look for every outlet possible to be able to experience that. Cause you're like, it's attached to me. I can do so many different things here and no one's letting me. Well, again, what are we going to do? Our parents say, no, we're going to be like, just kidding. That's a yes. I'm doing that. So, and we follow that and then it literally becomes an addiction as you move in because you never want to come out of the closet about it. And that's, that's where it becomes the addiction is it's, oh, I can't tell anybody about this and I'm ashamed of it. Well, now I can't have a normal relationship. So I'm just going to stick to my phone or my computer or TV or however we're enjoying this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I do think that, okay, I want to know your take on this. Do you think that because of the fact that we have, you know, social media, there's a lot more like sex coaches now, we have access to anything now with the internet. Do you think that people are more sexually educated or maybe that's just, maybe I'm just hoping that they are? <laughs> <laughs> I think it depends really the mindset that you think, um, 
I think the younger generation is not more educated, more experienced maybe, but mm -hmm. experience doesn't always equal education. We have to know, I teach a lot of energy work within my practice and your belief system is within your own paradigm box, right? So in that thinking, if you look at sex and getting it at a young age, even if you've had 10 sexual partners by the time you're 25 and you've done all Kama Sutra type positions, it doesn't mean that you're educated. It means that you played on the playground, right? It, but that doesn't mean that you know anything. It means you know some things within your scope. It's like me, like I'm really good at what I do, but I have no clue about fixing cars. You can't put both uh, health and fitness into mechanical fixing cars or doing something that's out of my scope. And that's where the paradigm comes in. You cannot function and say that you're educated when you're just experienced. You can be both, right? And we're getting there. Well, age brings a lot of that, right? <laughs> experience and we tend to get more educated but so back to your question I don't think we're more educated I think it really depends on what we're looking for and the older generation seems to be becoming more educated I mean you know as a sex and relationship coach people are looking for help they want to know more they want to make this part of their life amazing Mm -hmm. Because you also know that 90% of people are not enjoying their sex life or their relationship, <laughs> even if they're choosing to be in it day after day. It's not enjoyable. I talked to people. I just got off the phone with a client who's like, dude, Rachel, <laughs> ah, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm so frustrated. I don't want to leave this relationship, but I'm so frustrated. In this like sexually frustrated? Um, no, ironically enough, it's not about sex. It's just about everything else. Mm. But it's like they use sex as the, the bandaid in their relationship. Oh. oh, we have sex, so everything's great. And so it's, it's opposite of a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. But you yeah. see this, you see people just, well, this is how we get through it. <laughs> everything else is a mess, but sex is great. And I'm like, yeah, some people would think that's okay. And if you talk to a man for the first year, that may be fabulous. After that, they're going to go, but we fight about money. We fight about what food to eat or what movie to watch or where to go on the weekends or how to deal with the kids or whatever. It's not going to last. You have to have balance in all things for it to last and for you to ultimately be happy because that's the goal, right? Yes, yes. Okay, that is so interesting. Yeah, that isn't that is what most people at least they do have a great sexual connection, but you're right. It's like, okay, you can't keep cuz I've I've been that person before. Where I'm like, man, it's really great. But then when you look at all these other five things, it's like, mm, that doesn't counteract that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. yeah. So just just minor tweaks though, you know, you can make just minor tweaks to your relationship, to your own life, because ultimately you can't change anyone else. You're not in control of them. You're only in control of yourself. So if you choose to make little tweaks, the best way to teach is through example, right? So 
be that example for that person that's in your life. If that person is that special to you, you don't want to lose it. You don't want to walk away. Tweak yourself. Don't put any expectations on them. Just really go, okay, what do I really want? I'm going to move towards what I really want, what I can personally control. And then, you know, then later down the line, if they are not moving with you, because if you're not moving forward, you're definitely moving backwards. No one stays stagnant. If they're not moving with you, then you reevaluate, right? Like not every relationship is good, no matter how long you've been in it. It doesn't mean that you have to stay. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, because it's almost like a lot of people, or at least the people that I've talked to, it's like you just stay. And it's like you got to make a decision. Is it a yes or a no? You don't want to stay in that middle zone because that just makes it even more painful. Yeah, but where does that come from? Fear. Fear it's the fear of being alone. <laughs> fear of being alone or fear of failure or fear of starting again. Oh, let me tell you, sister. I was in a relationship for 17 years. Starting again, not fun. It's not fun. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. a chaotic, crazy mess, but it can be beautiful at the same time. It really depends on what the attitude is going into it. And number one rule, having boundaries, having boundaries. You have to have enough self-love to know exactly what you want. You can't just be like, well, that guy thought I was pretty. <laughs> Where's that going to get you? <laughs> That's not going to get you where mm. you actually want to be. Yeah, you're right, though, because then this circles back to what we were talking about earlier about um, relating to the sex and poop and it being the fear thing. Yeah, that is, wow. Yeah, so if you have all this relationshipital, is that a word? Relationshipital. <laughs> <laughs> Relationship fear. <laughs> I feel like I need to, you know, make that plural. Um, have that fear around that relationship, that fear translates into what's going on in your gut right our second brain once you mess with that then that messes with your digestive system and what happens i mean everybody kind of gets it different but you know you could get they say if you're clogged up in the brain you're clogged up in the drain right so it can cause constipation but you know when i get fearful or anxious it causes diarrhea so it's not always the same for everybody. Every single one is different, but it's neither one of those options are good and neither one are sexy. So mm, true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Okay. So what final takeaway do you want to do from this conversation? Um, you know what? I think the best takeaway is, um, First of all, poop, keeping your brain open and clear, your mind, not just your brain, but just your overall mind wellness, your thoughts, um, what you're listening to, uh, the things that you say or think, keeping that clear helps all gut-related things. Staying calm, right? If you're out of that fear state, you're staying calm. Pooping is going to be better. If you're pooping better, I promise sex is going to be better, especially as a woman. And I think any woman can attest to this. If you are constipated or have any sort of IBS issues, do you really want something going in when something should be coming out? 
Not that it's the same hole, but they're they're right here together. <laughs> you, it it literally halts your sex life. So, to keep your sex life in check, keep your pooping in check. I think that's a big key. <laughs> mm, yes, that was good. <laughs> um, where can everybody find you? Um, just rachelelnani.com. It's traditional Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L-E-L-L-E-N-A-I-N. Wait, N-A-N-I. <laughs> How did I just confuse that? rachelelnani.com. Yeah, all of my um, coaching packages, all of my free information, all of podcasts, everything that I've been doing is listed on there. Okay. Sounds great. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Haley. Yes. It was a great conversation. Everybody be sure to follow Rachel on Instagram. I'll post her links below. Let us know your thoughts on this topic because I love, uh, well, I love talking about sexuality, but then of course, if you mix it with poop too, it's a great conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, be sure to subscribe and share the podcast with your friends. All right. Bye.